2: You're listening to Fox Sports,
1: Radio. Sports Radio.
2: Radio. Welcome in, Fox Sports Radio Studios, brought to you by Geico. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Let me go ahead and get my guys a True Car out as well. This show brought to you by TrueCar. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. And on average, save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. We didn't talk about this uh, story at all yesterday, but I'm kind of curious what you guys think about this. And I don't know how much attention it's gotten in general. But because it happened over the weekend and the NCAA tournament was going on, and, and there are a couple of stories that, that happened yesterday that we're also going to get to. But this one I thought was kind of intriguing. Um, Andre Iguodala, you know, I went off yesterday. I'm going to start again with this. I went off yesterday on the fact that they didn't play the starters in the Warriors-Spurs game. And that really sat with me a wrong way here. Because the more I think about it, the more frustrated I would be if I were an NBA fan. It's one thing if you want to sit your starters in a game where you've already won your conference, right? It's one thing if you want to sit your starters in the NFL. If in week 15 and 16, you've already locked in a playoff spot and you've got nothing to play for. But in the NBA, the number one criticism of the league is that it just flat out doesn't matter, right? That the regular season is a joke, that the guys don't play that hard, that nobody really cares that much about the regular season. Now, I think the NBA playoffs are fantastic, especially once you get past the first couple of rounds. I love to watch. I get involved in them. I'm excited by everything that goes on. But the idea is out there, and I'm one of the proponents of it, that the NBA regular season is a waste, and you shouldn't pay that much attention to it. And when you have a game like the Warriors-Spurs, which is a Saturday night featured game, and the Warriors decide that they are not going to play, obviously Kevin Durant's out with an injury, so that doesn't count, but they're not going to play Steph Curry. They're not going to play Draymond Green. They're not going to play Andre Iguodala. And they're not going to play Clay Thompson. I have a real issue with that. And then you have Steve Kerr come out and say, well, it's because we've been traveling 12,000 miles and we've had way too much focus on you know, the draining of our bodies and everything else. And I'm sitting around saying, can you imagine Michael Jordan saying that when Steve Kerr was on his team? People talk a lot about the different eras of the NBA. And in general, I get it that old guy always thinks his era was better and the players were tougher. And it's like when you talk to your kids compared to how your parents talk to you, compared to how your grandparents talk to you, everybody thinks the next generation is always a bunch of losers, right? Always a bunch of pussy willows. They're not working as hard as you did. They whine. They complain. They don't know how good they have it. If you're a parent now, undoubtedly you feel that way about your kids. It's almost always the case, right? But when you actually look at the details here, isn't that definitely the case here? Can you imagine Michael Jordan and that Chicago Bulls team that Steve Kerr was on saying, you know what, we're not going to play tonight against the Knicks or against the Pacers Because we've flown too many miles. Because we got too much wear and tear on our bodies. Can you imagine Michael Jordan trotting that out? Can you imagine Phil Jackson giving interviews like Steve Kerr did, where he said, you know what? I understand this is a big game against a team that we're trying to win a division, a conference championship, get home court for. But you know what? We're just a little bit tired. And moreover, I don't buy into that idea. Your body shouldn't be that tired. You're flying around on private jets, staying in luxury hotels, living a high-end existence with masseuses and trainers everywhere and people giving you massages while you're in the air. Think about it. How many of you right now have ever been able to just take a day off? You have a business meeting scheduled, but you know what? That's a really long flight. I'm not going to go to this business meeting today. Or I'm going to go, but I'm not going to talk in the meeting. I'm just going to sit there. And some of these guys went out and played golf, I believe, on their day off. And all of it kind of ties together with this quote. That came out before they, received, they, they 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 made the decision not to play, and we haven't even played this audio yet. But I'm surprised it hasn't gotten more attention so far. It's Andre Iguodala talking about the decision by Steve Kerr not to play the starters, and this is what it sounded like.
3: Was it planned that you, you guys would take tomorrow? He was coming would take tomorrow's off. We taking tomorrow off? Uh, nope. No clue. Do what master say. Is there anything, anything else? What we done say. Just play harder. Figure it out.
4: Change going to come. Ain't no what we should say? Change is going to come.
2: It's a little bit hard to hear exactly what Iguodala said there but he's been fined ten thousand dollars for those comments uh he dropped a couple of uh end bombs in there he tried to uh basically in his answer there he said it depends on you know what what master says referring to Steve Kerr as if he were a plantation master yeah that's awkward and in the first time that I heard that I said you know what I, I didn't hear it, first of all. I just saw the audio, and I thought to myself, you know what? This is a little bit strange, but I took it as a joke. And in general, I'm not the joke police, right? I'm not the guy who's going to show up and say, oh, my God, I'm gonna, I am going." I've never have been and never will be. So-and-so uh, sent a tweet, and it was offensive and everything else, and I'm going to clutch my pearls, and I can't believe that this happened. Like, that's not me. I'm never going to be the person who gets offended by words over actions but then I went back and I heard his comments trying to explain this and again he's been fined ten thousand dollars for it and there's a couple of angles to hit here one is wow that doesn't sound like a joke and in his explanation it didn't sound like a joke either and this is a these are quotes from the San Anto- San Jose Mercury News Um they said, uh, there's been a lot of opinions on what you said the other day. What exactly did you mean by it? And then Igudala says a lot of things that don't make sense. Uh, it was really weird. He said, and then the following question was, is that the part of the backlash that hurt you or that you didn't like the most was the fact that it was directed at Steve? And he said, I wouldn't say I was hurt by it because I've been in worse situations. I've been in similar situ- similar situations, experiences in my life. That's why I feel like I can speak out on it because I've been through it. From that perspective, you're just learning. You continue to learn about yourself, continue to learn about others, adjust and put things in perspective. There's something weird going on with the Warriors. And Jason Martin, I want to bring you in because you're my resident NBA expert here. You watch a lot of the regular season at JMart Outkick. You can find Jason Martin there. What in the world... Is going on here? First of all, is a ten thousand dollar fine appropriate for those comments in general?
0: You know, I don't know. The the thing about Andre Iguodala, and this has kind of come to light to those who didn't already know it, is this dude is all about needling people, and he always has been. And I actually heard the quote yesterday that he lives to make situations awkward, and that's the term that you actually just used as a descriptor for this situation. Now, when I heard it, I didn't necessarily take offense because I saw it more in terms of a joke as well. I kind of rolled my eyes, but I think it, it speaks to a larger issue and it plays into what you were saying off the top, which is the Warriors and the way that they rested and the way that they used analytics to say eight games in eight cities and 11,000 miles and there's two and a half more times likely that we get injured if we don't have full rest and all these other kinds of things. The Golden State Warriors are the ultimate millennial basketball team. The way Draymond Green acts, Steph Curry sitting down and talking about Kevin Plank of Under Armour, Steve Kerr constantly needling Donald Trump, this deal with Andre Iguodala, these guys are the most entitled, selfish brats I've seen in the NBA in a long time. So Andre Iguodala doing this, I don't know what you're supposed to find somebody for saying something. You you know, there's always the argument about the N-word, and if you're black, you can use it as much as you want, and you can't actually get upset about it if you're white and all of this kind of stuff. Whatever. I just look at it and say, these guys are a bunch of punks period. Andre Iguodala included.
2: I, I don't care necessarily at all. Again, I took it as a joke, and this is the quote that I find the most fascinating about it. They asked and, Andre Iguodala to explain himself. And, and the question was, was it directed at just the frustration about the schedule? And I want you to listen to this. You're having conversations with a group every single day. They thrust themselves so much into your lives. It's almost like you have a robotic type of mindset. You can have a mentality of past or present groups of people, generations. You can feel similar, not the same, but similar. You can speak up on the same routine and kind of grind. Like I said, may not have been the right time or place to speak, but that doesn't change the way someone may feel. I feel like that's what everyone has to respect. If someone feels a certain way, you can't say they're a bad person as long as there's no prejudice or ill intent towards you. I don't even know what that means. And in particular, this is, I mean, he was talking as if he were a slave, and he says, you can have a mentality of past or present groups of people, generations, you can feel similar, not the same, but similar. You can speak up on the same routine and kind of grind. Is he trying to compare himself to a slave here? I just don't get it. It's very, very strange to me.
0: You could be. I mean, that that's a good question. And the other thing is, If this is an inside joke, first off, we don't have the context, so we're not inside, so we hear it. Some people are taken aback. Some people are offended. Some people aren't. But really, is it really an inside joke inside the Golden State Warriors that Steve Kerr is a plantation master? Like, that's a problem for me, and it actually (laughs) would go back to explain why Draymond Green sounded like such a fool last month.
2: I'm fascinated by this. I want to dive into your thoughts on it. 877-996-6369. Give us a call. Let us know what you think. 877-996-6369. You are listening to Outkick the Coverage here on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Drive the new Duralast GT brake pads. Proven tough from the tracks to the streets and sold only at AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Using these Andre Iguadala comments as a jump-off point to kind of tie into the decision not to play over the weekend Saturday in San Antonio for the Warriors, I think Jason Martin has a strong argument that the Warriors are the ultimate millennial team, although you know who I could compete with you there, Jason Martin, i with? The Cleveland Cavaliers. It's possible that the two teams, I mean, to me, LeBron is the king of the millennials. And if you think about the larger context of this feud between the Warriors, and the Cavs, maybe that's one of the things that's most fascinating about it uh, in terms of the rivalry, and it's the best rivalry in sports right now, is how similar these two teams are. Because obviously Greg Popovich got the whole rest in the NBA situation started, and I genuinely think it's something that the NBA is going to have to address because the number one criticism of their league is that the regular season doesn't matter. And I think most people out there are in agreement with me that there's no way on earth Michael Jordan, as part of the 96, 97, 98 Bulls, would ever have allowed his team to take the day off. Can you imagine Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan sitting when they were playing the Knicks or when they were playing the Pacers just because they had flown too many miles? I mean, again, I assume that they're flying roughly the same number of miles as everybody else. Now, maybe the Golden State Warriors, because they're on the West Coast, fly a little bit more than Chicago would have because they're in the center part of the country. But I would think that stuff all averages out over time. And certainly the Bulls, when they were competing and becoming what was the best team in the NBA until the Warriors passed their record last year, uh, again, were going all out every single night. And I hate typically generational arguments where the generational argument is my generation was tougher than your generation. But I don't think there's anybody out there. And in fact, if you can make this argument, I would love for you to call in and make it that this year's and this generation of NBA players are tougher than the Jordan era Bulls. Eight seven seven nine nine six six three six nine. We've got a bunch of calls in, and by the way, if you are on the East Coast, good luck surviving this huge winter storm that is rolling through the East Coast at this time. If you're wondering what we got coming up on the show, in hour two, we'll talk to Alex Marvez and talk about as the Romo turns. Try to figure out exactly what is going on with the drama surrounding the Dallas Cowboys, and Tony Romo. In Hour 3, we will talk with Casey Smith, who is in Boston and may well be buried now in snow. Uh, let's go to Mike in Los Angeles. Mike, what's up?
5: Hey, Clay. Uh, best radio host on the, on the air right now with the best producer. Um, I try to look at this objectively, and um, I'm borderline millennial. I'm 33 years old, so I guess I'm borderline, but I'm um, – Man, I, I cannot stand the NBA anymore. I used to be a huge NBA fan in the 90s, the Knicks and the Heat, you know, Magic and the Bulls, the Lakers, and even going into the early 2000s with the Kings, but all this stuff about, no, they can't play, everybody's friends, I just think the league is so watered down and extremely soft, and I just, I can't watch it anymore, it's the honest truth, and uh I mean, I feel like you're one of the few people shedding light on the on the problem with the NBA.
2: I appreciate the call. Uh, Steve Kerr addressed this situation compared to 1998, uh, and Jason Martin pulled up his quote. It's truly insane, he said Thursday on 95.7 The Game. This is the worst stretch of schedule that I've ever been a part of, and I've been in the league since 1988. I've never seen anything like this. Eight games in eight cities with 11,000 miles. Again, I get it. But when somebody says eight games in eight cities with 11,000 miles, it makes you think that they are actually walking around or riding around in buses. Uh, Just think about it in your own life. Is there that much of a difference between a 2,000-mile flight and a 1,500-mile flight or a 2,000-mile flight and a 2,500-mile flight? These guys are on charter jets. They have every possible food that they want while on the plane. They have entire rows to themselves. There are tons of guys and girls right now listening to us who are driving to the airport right now. And when they get to that airport, they're not going to be in first class. And they're going to get onto a packed sardine of an airport, uh, a plane inside the airport. They're going to fly to uh, to an area where when they have to get off, they've got to go find a rental car. They may have to check bags, although if you check bags, you're you're crazy you uh, you have to get a rental car you have to drive somewhere you have to go to a meeting you might well have to go to a crappy hotel you're not staying in a five star resort you go to a crappy hotel you got your your clothes hung up in the in the closet you've got you know crappy like uh, it's just anybody who's ever been a business traveler and I have been a business traveler knows that it is a grind to be on the road but nobody who's a business traveler gets to just take one of the big games or big events of your schedule off. If you got to go sell something, you got to show up and sell it. You don't get to just show up and not say anything in a meeting or go to a city and then just decide not to go to your meeting. Imagine what would happen at your job if you showed up in a city and you called your boss and you said, you know what, I was going to go to this meeting today and try to do work for the company, but I was just too tired. Have you seen my travel schedule? I've been in eight cities in eight days. I just I, It was the eighth day of the trip, and I just couldn't do it. I'm sorry. I just couldn't do it. I was too tired. I couldn't go into the meeting. You'd get fired unless you were deathly ill, and we're not talking about the Warrior players being sick. We're talking about them just getting a day off against their big rival. So add in this situation, put it in your own context. You had a business meeting And not only was it a business meeting, it was a business meeting where you were trying to make sure either preserve business from your big rival or take it from your big rival, and you just said you were too tired to do it. It wouldn't fly. It wouldn't fly at all. 877-996-6369. JB in Richmond, what's up? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, what's up, man?
6: Hey, um... I try to temper myself because I know I get out of hand sometimes. But you guys can't dismiss Andre Iguodala's um, words by calling him a brat and things like that. You don't know what he's gone through. I mean, obviously, he's pretty intelligent. And obviously, he has something to say.
2: So you think that, that calling your white coach a master is okay?
6: I think he could have put it in better terms, um, but if that's how he feels as a grown man, as a grown black man, he should be able to say what he feels. Yeah, okay, well, hold on.
2: That, that's an interesting That's an interesting question. That's an interesting statement. Okay, so he should be able to say how he feels. Well, what if he felt yep. like Steve Kerr was Hitler?
6: Well, he could say that, but he would probably get more backlash than he's getting right now.
2: Okay, yeah, I I think that's probably true, but my point is when you compare someone to something and your own life experience is nowhere near what you're comparing them to, that's where you get criticized. Andre Iguodala, whether you think he's intelligent or not, and supposedly he is very smart, I've never met him, so I don't have any clue, if he's smart enough to know what analogy he's making, if he had said, you know, things are not going well in the Golden State Warriors right now because Steve Kerr treats us like he's Hitler, everybody would say, wow. You know, you might not like Steve Kerr, but I bet that he is not a you know, foreign dictator who is hellbent on world domination and is uh, is systematically oppressing people of a different religion than him. I think most people would say that's a little bit of an exaggeration. When you call Steve Kerr, a guy who played his entire career in the NBA, a guy who is an avowed left-wing Donald Trump hater, a master read- in the plantation context that's pretty charged language, and it's nothing at all like slavery.
6: Clay, I can I can agree with you there completely. However, um, I'm going to say the the craziest thing now, and that is some of my best friends are white. Okay, and I make remarks to them sometimes in joking. Now, obviously, Igudala is not joking around.
2: That's Obviously the problem. Took I took it initially. Way. I get it, JB. I took it initially as like a locker room joke. You know, like when I when I saw these quotes, and he's been fined $10,000 for them, and then he had an opportunity to explain himself, and it sounded like he was trying to say, it's not the same situation, but I feel like it's kind of similar to slavery right now. And I'm thinking to myself, what in the world are you talking about? To
6: those guys, the money is, is just a byproduct of their skill. Okay. The money, the fame, the people that love them, it's a byproduct of the fact that they play basketball very well. If they were j b. in Virginia, a regular guy, um and said those same words, they wouldn't get the kind of criticism that they get from you guys. It wouldn't be a national news story.
2: Uh, there's no there's no doubt. but look, I mean he and look, thanks for the call j b. but that but that's the when people are standing around you with microphones, asking your opinion on something. It's true. They care what you say. And they care what you say because you're an extremely skilled basketball player. And when you compare your coach, who's an avowed left-winger, hates Donald Trump, has been criticizing Donald Trump like crazy, I think you can fairly say that very few racists in a modern era would decide to go into coaching basketball. I don't think there are very many racists out there who say, you know what I want to do with the rest of my life? I want to coach black dudes in a sport. I'm so racist that I'm going to decide to try to get a group of black guys to be as successful as they possibly can in pursuing a team-oriented goal. Does that seem like the kind of move that a racist would make? Does that seem like something that you would do? I don't think there's a single person listening to this show right now, maybe not even a single person in America, who would say Steve Kerr is racist. So when you compare him to a plantation master, that's so far beyond the pale, and it's not a joke. Again, if he were making a joke, I'd say, like, okay, it's a little bit of an uncomfortable joke, but he's basically, when the and when he was asked about it, reinforced the comments that he already made. And somebody says, well, if that's how he feels, that's how he feels. Really? You can feel like you're a slave when you're making $15 million a year to play basketball? You can feel like you're working for a slave master because he happens to be white? Would he have made these comments if he had a black coach? I don't think he would have. If Tyron Lue was his coach, would he have said that? I don't think so. That would be its own interesting dynamic. But he didn't say that. It's hard. When you have a white coach and you refer to him as master, it's a strange situation. And again, I don't think... If the Warriors right now were uh, were w- running away with the Western Conference and they were playing lights-out basketball and they were 63-5 and five like they were last year, I don't think it would be emblematic of the larger controversy that's surrounding this Warriors team right now. But when I see these quotes... And I hear them, and I see the way they're playing, and I see Steve Kerr whining about how far they have to travel. The Warriors seem like a team under siege right now, making some very, very strange decisions. Let's figure out right now what's trending, and then we'll go to your calls on the flip side. 877-996-6369. Anybody want to defend Iguodala? JB tried to. Anybody disagree with me when I say that there's no way the Jordan-era Bulls would have ever, ever, ever reacted like this. I don't think there's a single person out there that disagrees with that. Maybe you do. Maybe you feel like this generation of the Warriors and the Cavs is not that much different than the generation before them of the Michael Jordan-era Bulls or the Utah Jazz in that that day and age. John Stockton, Carl Malone. Can you imagine them taking days off? Patrick Ewing, Reggie Miller. I just can't imagine it happening. 877-996-6369. Let's find out what's trending now. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by Geico. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. And, and, and this may be the most important ad that we do. Get ready. It's certainly the ad that I'm killing you with. I want you guys to remain alive. If you think a train will stop if it sees your car on the tracks, you're right, it will about a mile after it hits you, stop. Trains can't. What an incredible ad. Shows rolling so much that we're getting paid to tell you not to get hit by trains. A lot of Twitter reaction rolling in. You can find me on Twitter at Clay Travis. Kevin Flahey says, Turn the Iguadala thing around. If an owner coach calls players slaves, how fast would they be jobless? <laughs> that is a fascinating question. That is a really interesting question. If if Steve Kerr said, imagine. Imagine that Steve Kerr said right after the Warriors played really bad. He said, and they said, what do you think, coach? What do you what do you need to do to get them to play better? And he said, I guess I'm going to have to go crack the whip on them like back in the day. Steve Kerr's fired him next day, right? Steve Kerr, white coach, says... Uh, we had the reference to slavery from Andre Iguodala saying that Steve Kerr is the master. If Steve Kerr followed it up after the Warriors' next game, they didn't play well, and he was asked what he needed to do to get them to play better. If he said, well, I guess I'm going to have to go crack the whip on them. Guess I'm going to have to break out the cat of nine tails. Guess I'm going to have to keep them from getting married, or if they are going to get married, they're going to have to jump over a broom. Ha-ha. Uh-huh. Guess I'm going to have to take away their one pair of pants. Guess I'm going to have to take away their one shirt. Guess I'm going to have to give them papers so they can go out and move around freely. He gets fired the next day, right? It's a bad, uncomfortable joke. Some of you are cringing right now in your car. Ooh, Steve Kerr. Don't know if I would have advocated going with the slavery joke there. Yet Andre Iguodala calls Steve Kerr a master. He just gets fined $10,000. That is pretty interesting. Jason Martin, any doubt that Steve Kerr gets fired the next day if he's going to have to crack the whip on him?
0: Oh, maybe, no, no, maybe no question, he, especially in that market.
2: Maybe, maybe he can say Crack the Whip wasn't a reference to slavery and it was just about, like, Indiana Jones or something.
0: It wouldn't save him. There's no way that would save him. Not he would in this get fired.
2: Danny G, uh, Danny G, you think he gets fired immediately? He'd be fired before the press conference was over. And even if it's a joke, right? Even if it's a joke. So, uh, you know, I'm all about trying to treat everybody equally. Andre Iguodala just gets fined $10,000. A lot of you may be even defending him. Again, I think it's emblematic of a larger issue in the Warrior season, but that is a good question on Twitter. Imagine if Steve Kerr makes the same kind of joke about race and about being a master, a slave master, then he's done. He never coaches again in the NBA. Regardless of what he does in his life, he is forever branded publicly a racist, and his career in the NBA is over. And every time his name is mentioned, he is a pariah in the NBA. Think about he's a guy this. that nobody wants to touch.
0: Think about this: what if Iguodala was white and Steve Kerr was
2: black? Um, yeah, I, I mean, the again, idea, I,
0: I think they would immediately try to portray it as, "Oh, you have you should not have used this because a white man's not allowed to say that in any way."
2: No, that's true. It's probably true. Probably true that if uh, I don't know, JJ Redick said, depends on what Mass says. That everybody would say, ooh, J.J. Reddick can't reference slavery, especially after as hard as people have fought for black men to be in positions of power. Oh, 100%, it would have turned into a big issue. White people making jokes about slavery, they're done for. Brett and Austin, what's up?
7: Yes, sir. How
2: you How doing? How you doing today? Excellent.
7: Good. I just, the guy on th- uh, Twitter kind of stole my thunder. I was thinking the same thing, reversing the roles as far as, uh, Steve Kerr saying, you know, I'm gonna let some of my slaves take a day off. How that would, <laughs> how
2: the reaction would be? No, I mean the more I think about it, like yeah, if Steve Kerr had said, I'm not gonna send them out to the fields today to go pick cotton, everybody would have been like, oh my god, Steve Kerr's getting fired right now. That's a great point. I mean, I don't know that I that I would have necessarily thought about it very much because I, I hadn't I hadn't thought to play my Matthew McConaughey game where I'm saying, what if what if she were white? What if Steve Kerr had said this? What if Steve Kerr had said, yeah, you know what? Um, it's raining today. You know, like, you know, the master didn't send his slaves out into the fields to pick cotton when it was raining. So we're going to take the day off, just like then. (laughs) Everybody be like, oh my God. Steve Kerr is a plantation master. There'd be so many articles written. I don't know how many, I haven't seen a single article written about Andre Iguodala's comments. Patrick in San Antonio, what's up?
3: Hey, how you doing?
2: I'm excellent. Um, So
6: i the only thing that I think the uh, Golden State Warriors um, have in common with the whole traveling businessmen is that they're just cheating on their cheating on their wives in eight different cities. But other than that, eight two games, you have to rest them. We're not we don't have our feelings too too jarred up here. We got Spurs is what we were saying here. I had tickets to the game. I went. It was still a great game. We still kind of justified our our uh, our number one position and
3: making a move on that number one... In, uh, All right,
2: West. I'm glad you called in. So you went to the game, Patrick. What would your position have been if you were a dad and you had saved up a lot of money in San Antonio grinding away to, to buy these tickets so your son or daughter could go see the Warriors play and then the Warriors decide not to trot out their best players? I mean, we've
6: done that before to Golden State, in, Gold, in Golden State. Uh, Pop got fined. I mean, yeah.
2: But the, I, yeah. The, I the, the, the Spurs... I, I think... Good point. Thanks for the call. I, I think the Spurs uniquely can't complain because they've been there and done this already. I'm going to keep taking your calls, 877-996-6369. We'll finish off this hour. Hour two, Alex Marvez. We're going to talk about Romo. Hour three, we'll talk about whether or not people are going to die on the East Coast in the storm. I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick, the coverage here on Fox Sports Radio. Time for the Geico play of the day. Snoop Dogg says, Kawhi Leonard, really good. <laughs> no surprise. I said that last week. I'll say it again. MVP candidate back from concussion last night. Late in an important game against the Hawks, Leonard came up big.
0: Leonard taking to right side now against Ilya Backs up his dribble with nine to shoot. Kawhi against Ilya Isolated with five to shoot. Pull up. Angle right three. Kawhi not. His first field goal in the fourth quarter. 26 for Leonard.
2: That call courtesy of WOAI Spurs Radio Network. Kawhi Leonard. That three, well, it sealed the win, and the San Antonio Spurs have now tied the Golden State Warriors, who've been talking about all this hour, even in the Western Conference, both teams, 52-14. and That's your play of the day, presented by GEICO. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Going to your calls, let's go. What do we got, Jason Martin? You can... uh, who do you think is the number one call we should go to right now?
0: Well, we'll go to Jim in Florida. He's on line one. Jim.
2: Hey, thank you so much, Clay, for taking my call, man. Your show is awesome. Appreciate that.
6: Now, now with that said, I do not think that it matters more so the color of the coach that uses the slave reference. I think, as we've seen with, like, politics, when you see Hillary Clinton can say, I don't feel no ways tired and not a black person blinks, but you can have someone like Donald Trump take a picture with black executives and everybody gets pissed off. I think it's I think it matters more so about I guess if that person's in the in-crowd of uh, black populace, populism.
2: Oh, that's interesting. So so you think politically people look at Steve Kerr and if he said it they would say okay we're we we do not think it's necessarily appropriate, but because he's on the right side of a lot of other issues that we agree with, we're going to give him a pass. I, I, yeah. I just I don't yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't think Steve Kerr gets a pass, even well, though his politics may be aligned with a lot of other people who are in the black community.
6: Well, I'll give you an example. Think about if Greg Popovich says it, no one's going to get mad at Greg Popovich for saying it. And when Phil Jackson said what he said about uh, LeBron James, there was an attempt to racially uh, charge that. But it got dismissed because of Phil Jackson's cred. So I mean I respect what you're saying. I just don't agree that it's I think it's more so um George Carl would be more unfavored because he was always unfavored. Because okay. he wasn't necessarily in that in crowd. Phil Jackson was, you know, like his his comments kinda got more swept under the rug and just say he's a crotchety old man versus, wow, that's borderline bigotry against, you know, one of the greatest players in the game. Hey, Clay, thanks for taking my call, man. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I
2: appreciate the call. That's Jim in Florida. Daniel, this intriguing. I tend to think that what would happen is that story would go beyond sports. And if a story goes beyond sports and ends up on the Today Show or it ends up on Good Morning America where, let's say, your grandma, who otherwise is not paying attention certainly to the NBA regular season probably, suddenly comes to you and says, wow, I saw what Steve Kerr said. That was a big topic. That was a big discussion. I think that it would get more attention, and then that attention would be coming from people who don't necessarily judge him from within the community from which it came, right? Now, I do think there's an argument to be had out there that a guy like Steve Kerr, because his politics are so uh, evidenced out there, same thing with Greg Popovich, would get more leeway on inappropriate comments, maybe, But I think that one is so far beyond the pale that it then goes into the larger cultural consciousness, and you would have tons of people talking about it who have absolutely no connection to sports at all, right? That's the kind of comment that ends up, I'll go in every morning and just check and see, okay, what's trending on Facebook? That's the number one trending topic on Facebook, and the people who are discussing it are probably mostly not NBA fans. That's how a comment like that becomes a major mushroom cloud of epic proportions. Let's go to Daniel in Evansville.
8: Clay, how you doing, man? I'm excellent. Wonderful. I just wanted to first off say thank you so much for having one of the most reasonable radio shows in sports talk.
9: Um,
8: I wanted to make the point that – a lot of people are trying to justify what Andre Iguodala said with, uh, you know, he has the right to free speech. Well, of course he has the right to free speech. Everybody in this country does. It's guaranteed under under the First Amendment. But you don't have the right to employment. He signed a contract agreeing to certain terms and conditions. And if he violates those terms and conditions under the, uh, under the purview of his employer being the Golden State Warriors – they have every right to terminate him at any time for whatever reason if they feel like he's violated his uh, if he's violated his contract
9: with comments he makes.
2: Yeah, there's no no doubt about that, Daniel. And I think a lot of people don't understand how the First Amendment works. And I'll put on my lawyer hat here for a minute and say, look, if you are speaking out publicly, you have the right to your freedom of speech. You don't have the right to freedom from the consequences of your speech. That is, the marketplace of ideas can respond. When I was ripping Colin Kaepernick for his protest, we got tons of calls over the football season. People say, oh, well, he has a First Amendment right to say whatever. And that's a lazy argument. Nobody is saying that he shouldn't be able to say exactly what he thinks. But as soon as I give my opinion—I have First Amendment rights, right— I have first amendment rights to say whatever I want on this show. But as soon as I give my opinion, then the rest of the larger universe that hears that opinion can fire back and agree or disagree with it. That's what Twitter is. That's what the marketplace of ideas is. And that's why I always say there are only two things that I believe in absolutely because they've never led me astray. Boobs, never had a problem with boobs. And by the way, we're going to talk about Ezekiel Elliott and boobs, what a, what a lead that is, to open hour two. Going to talk about Ezekiel Elliott and boobs to open hour two. And the other thing that's never led me astray, First Amendment. I'm a robust believer in First Amendment values. I didn't have a problem with Colin Kaepernick's protest. I just thought it was dumb. I don't have a problem with Andre Iguodala comparing his situation to slavery from a First Amendment perspective. He can say whatever he wants, calling Steve Kerr a plantation master. He can say whatever he wants, but in the marketplace of ideas, I'm going to fire back and say, I think you're an idiot for making this analogy. I don't think it makes sense. I don't think the metaphor or the uh, analogy that you were hoping to draw here is one that is connecting on a very intellectual level or very substantial level. More on boobs and the First Amendment, perhaps, and Ezekiel Elliott, what did the Cowboy star do next on OutKick? Welcome back. Hour 2, Fox Sports Radio Studios, brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. I want to also tell you this show brought to you by True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. And on average, save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car-buying experience. Hour one in the books, we're talking about Andre Iguodala's comments, the mess that is surrounding the Golden State Warriors, their decision to rest players against the San Antonio Spurs. A lot of your calls rolling in. You can continue to line up. We'll get to you. 877-996-6369. At the bottom of this hour, we will go to Alex Marvez. We will talk about the Dallas Cowboys situation. What is going to happen with Tony Romo? One bit of info I can toss out there. I know that Tony Romo has an incredibly good relationship with the bosses at Fox Sports. And I've seen it talked about a little bit. And I I don't really want to say it's very likely. But certainly Romo can step right off the field into the announcing booth with Fox Sports. So I think there is some possibility that Romo is at least considering the idea of retiring and not going to play anywhere else, not going to play with the Houston Texans, not going to play with the Denver Broncos. Now, I don't think it's likely, but I can tell you that he is at least considering that possibility. Maybe it's for leverage. Maybe it's to try to play some sort of contractual games. I don't know exactly, but that is something that is deeply intriguing to him. Romo, 36 years old, going to be 37, I believe, this year. Maybe he really does think that his body has broken down on him and he doesn't necessarily want to put on the uniform of another team. He wants to be a cowboy through and through. I don't know the answer to that, but I do think it's uh, at least fascinating to, uh, to discuss. Okay, bigger issue at play here. Did you guys see the video on TMZ of Ezekiel Elliott, maybe the best running back in the NFL, certainly the best young running back in the NFL right now, on a balcony at Dallas's celebration of St. Patrick's Day, pull the top off of a girl and expose her boobs to an onlooking crowd below that was cheering? Did you see that video? I'll go around the horn. Jason Martin.
0: Of course I saw it. How could <laughs> you, I
3: have not seen it?
2: Yeah, When you hear – well, I'm going to tell you how you could have not seen it because I bet there's a lot of people listening to us right now that haven't seen it at all. Danny G, did you see it?
3: I did. I'm not sure he tore the top off. I think he was – Did just, I say tore or I say pulled? Uh, I think you said he took it off, pulled it off. He, he. I guess he pulled it down, right? Right.
2: Yeah, I mean, he exposed her boob. True. Okay. So have you ever in your lives exposed somebody's boob in public intentionally? other than in a strip club. No. No, no way. No, you wouldn't even think of doing that, right? So, I I I am baffled by the decision making here. And by the way, if you don't know this story, the reason why you don't know the story is pretty interesting. It's because ESPN hasn't covered it. ESPN, unless they've started covering it this morning, I don't believe Jason Martin you can pull up the front page of espn.com. It's I don't not believe a headline. it's is it even on espn.com anywhere? Go to it like the Dallas Cowboy. down. Go to the Dallas Cowboy News because somebody sent me the link earlier saying that it wasn't anywhere even on the Dallas Cowboy News page.
0: I'm going down now. I've gone through a wh- seven Cowboy stories and there's nothing there.
2: Okay, so ESPN is not covering this story at all. I want your opinion on whether or not it should be a story, okay? I always – people say, oh, you criticize ESPN. I would say I criticize ESPN because they're the biggest – leader in sports coverage and the power that ESPN has more than anything else is they determine whether or not a story is a story and I'll give you an example we're in the middle of the NCAA tournament right now right I believe that the most unfairly treated athlete so far in 2017 is Grayson Allen There's a great story in the local Jacksonville newspaper over the weekend about Grayson Allen and the amount of time he spends visiting cancer patients, about what a good student Grayson Allen, the fact that he's basically graduated from Duke already. I assume he's going to go pro in the NBA already. Getting graduated in three years is an impressive accomplishment no matter where you go to school. I think everybody out there listening would acknowledge it's even more impressive when you go to school at Duke, one of the top academic institutions in the country, whether you love or hate Duke basketball or love or hate Duke basketball players. I think every single person out there who's a parent would be like, yeah, I would be ecstatic if my son or daughter went to Duke. That's how good of a university he is. Even if you rooted against them, even if you hate Christian Leitner, even right now if you're listening to me and you are the most died-in-the-wool Kentucky basketball fan or North Carolina basketball fan, I think everybody would acknowledge your son or daughter getting into Duke and performing well there academically, graduating in three years would be an enormous accomplishment. I don't think anybody would dispute that, no matter what your positions are on their athletic teams. Okay. So Grayson Allen has been the focal point of college basketball coverage this year. Now we can talk a little bit about why that is. I think it has a lot to do with the fact that so many college basketball players that are good are only playing for one or two years. And so Grayson Allen literally might very well be the most, I think it's undoubted that he's the most famous player who's in the NCAA tournament this year. And it's a desperate grasp at trying to get people to care about college basketball because they at least have an opinion about Grayson Allen. So Grayson Allen back in, I guess what it was, December or January, he trips a guy. I guess it was December. It was before the real ACC schedule starts. He trips a guy on Elon's basketball team. And since then, ESPN has been covering Grayson Allen with a spot shadow. Everywhere he goes, Grayson Grayson Allen has got his own camera on him. ESPN has covered Grayson Allen like he's Hannibal Lecter, like the guy at any moment might just decide to devour somebody's face on the basketball court. Whether you like or dislike Grayson Allen, I think you would have to acknowledge that he has been covered in a way that is unlike any other college basketball player, maybe of all time. Certainly, that is unlike any college athlete who hasn't ever really done anything that bad. All right? He's gotten a few technical fouls. He has tripped uh, a player. In the grand scheme of things, Grayson Allen is not a very bad person, but he's been covered as if he is a very bad person. And so I use that as an example because, to me, the reason why Grayson Allen's story has taken flight is... Is because ESPN has made it the lead story on multiple occasions. When he ran into the player uh, on off the court uh, at Florida State, ran into the coach, people were like, "Oh my God!" Was Grayson Allen trying to hit the coach when he bumps a player uh, walking off the court? ESPN brings up spot shadows and they, they 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 dissect Grayson Allen's basketball performance and his and his psyche and everything else to a degree that is rare anywhere in the world of sports. And I think the reason why Grayson Allen has become this flashpoint culturally is because of the way ESPN has covered him. Now, does it also matter that he is a white guy who plays at Duke? Yes, certainly. If Grayson Allen were a black guy playing at Kentucky and had done every single thing the exact same, I think you would have never heard his name because I think he would just be another black basketball player at Kentucky. But at Duke, when you are a white basketball player, you follow in the long line of white basketball player whipping boys, if you want to call them that, whether it is Christian Laettner, whether it was Steve Wojcicki, whether it was J.J. Redick. I mean, we can run through a long list of white guys at Duke who have become the most hated players in college basketball. And now it just fits somehow. Grayson Allen is that guy. I use all that as backstory for this reason. Why have you heard absolutely nothing at ESPN about Ezekiel Elliott pulling down this girl's top at a Dallas event. Now, I said earlier that I'm pro-boobs. I'm 100% fine with any woman deciding that she wants to flash her boobs. In fact, I welcome it. I love Mardi Gras. The best thing about Mardi Gras, the boobs, all right? The right? <laughs> I'm telling you, straight out, I believe in two things completely, boobs and the First Amendment, okay? So it hasn't gotten any coverage on ESPN.com at all. The only touch point I have seen at all is they talked about it for just a couple of minutes on one Sports Center show. It's not leading the newscast now, right now. And so you're saying, well, why should Ezekiel Elliott be a lead story? Well, one, he's being investigated right now for domestic violence. Remember, the NFL hasn't made their decision about what they're going to do about his domestic violence case. I'm not an expert on ways to keep your name out of coverage, but to me, the number one way to avoid putting yourself into coverage is to not put yourself into coverage for female-related things. So if you were just advising him, you'd probably say, I don't know, bud. I don't know if it's a good idea to pull down a girl's top during a St. Patrick's Day party with a huge crowd of people below you with their phones out that they're going to send to TMZ and it's going to become a lead story. Secondly, why is it not a story for ESPN, why are many of you just now hearing this? Let me give you an example. I put up a poll yesterday. I put up a poll question, tithing this all in with Grayson and Allen and the NCAA tournament. And I asked in that poll question, and I bet all of you are going to immediately agree that the answer would be yes. If Grayson Allen had pulled a Duke girls top down at a St. Patrick's Day party on campus, would ESPN cover it? Is there anybody on this? This Okay, let's go around the horn. Jason Martin, would ESPN cover Grayson Allen pulling down a girl's top at a Duke party?
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, not just because in college, I do think that changes a little bit. But yes, because they are very, I don't know, cognizant of the fact that the audience that they're trying to reach wants Grayson Allen to be a villain.
2: So I asked that question. Danny G, do you have any doubt that if Grayson... And and by the way, there's no history. Let's talk about the difference between Ezekiel Elliott and Grayson Allen right now. There's no history whatsoever of Grayson Allen behaving inappropriately with women. There's no suggestion that he has ever behaved inappropriately with women. All he has done is trip somebody on a basketball court a couple of times, maybe three times total, and also occasionally get technical fouls, something that I believe there are dozens, if not potentially 100 players or more, who are playing college basketball right now that have done it. In other words, I think there's a lot of guys who have gotten called two or three or four times in their career, In college basketball for tripping players, I think there's certainly a lot of guys in college basketball who have gotten more technical fouls than Grayson Allen. My argument is you don't know them because they're not the white guy who plays for Duke. Again, I really believe this. If Grayson Allen had done everything that he has done the exact same way and he was a black guy playing at Kentucky, I think nobody would even be blinking because he'd just be another good black basketball player at Kentucky. Nobody even pays attention to him the reason why Grayson Allen stands out is because he's a white dude who's good at basketball. If he were just a normal guy, if Grayson Allen had every single trait the exact same except he were black and he played for anybody other than Duke, this is not a story. Danny G, do you think they would cover it at ESPN if if Grayson Allen were on video pulling down a girl's top at a Duke uh, campus party for St. Patrick's Day?
3: They would cover it from every angle imaginable. It's pretty clear that there's a double standard when it comes to this.
2: They would bring in Seth Greenberg, I think is the guy who's covered Grayson Allen the most aggressively, and he would have like audio. He would have a, a telestrator to break down the video of Grayson Allen pulling down a girl's top. I asked you guys this on Twitter. Nearly twelve thousand of you have voted. I said, would ESPN be covering the Grayson Allen video if he would pulled a girl's top down on a balcony at a Duke party? This is one of the most lopsided results we've ever had. Over eleven thousand of you voted. They said ninety-one percent of you said yes. Nine percent of you said no and you consider the fact that Grayson Allen has no issues, he's not being investigated for improper behavior with a woman, he is on college, which I think should factor in here. He's not a professional athlete, unlike Ezekiel Elliott. I would argue that Dallas Cowboy football is bigger than Duke basketball for everybody out there who says, oh, it's just because Grayson Allen is a Duke basketball player. How can you tell me that ESPN is not playing favorites here in the way that they are covering Ezekiel Elliott? No mention of it whatsoever. Now... I don't get it. Can anybody defend ESPN's editorial decision here? How can you treat Grayson Allen like he is the Antichrist because he runs around and trips people occasionally on a basketball court and gets a technical foul and you send out your breaking news alert? And when Ezekiel Elliott, who is under investigation for domestic assault, may well face a suspension from the NFL in the 2017 year, pulls down a girl's top and exposes her boo. Now look, I don't see any way imaginable that you can say that that's not completely a double standard there. I want your feedback, though. Am I missing something? 877-996-6369. Your calls. will also continue to talk about Iguodala. At the bottom of this hour, at the bottom of this hour, we will dive into the uh, NFL free agent market. Who's still left out there? What do we think happens with Romo? We'll talk to Alex Marvez. In hour three, we'll talk to Casey Smith about many issues, but primarily, I hope that you guys on the East Coast are surviving the massive winter storm that has rolled in. I am Clay Travis. You are listening to Outkick the Coverage here on Fox Sports Radio. You know, it tends to be a real story. And when it's a video, I think it's hard to argue that it's not.
0: Yeah, and obviously ESPN has to be pretty aware of the fact that the NFL is going to draw ratings, especially a Cowboys running back doing something a little bit untoward. I guess I'm trying to think of the only only reasoning would be that the second video came out where she pulled it down herself after slapping his hand away and then hung out with him the rest of the night. But at the same time, I still think this should be everywhere. And the fact that it wasn't anywhere in any of the 30-minute opinion shows yesterday boggles my mind considering they had stuff from like high school softball games or showing videos and all this kind of stuff. This is, this is tabloid journalism. Yes, it's, it's a salacious story, but that's exactly the kind of thing that draws attention. And again, this is Ezekiel Elliott. This is somebody that's very much in the public eye. And with the domestic violence thing as the backdrop, it's almost inexcusable that you wouldn't cover it pretty heavily.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the news story, the news angle on it is indisputable. And again, I mean, I'm open to your arguments that it's not. We've got loaded lines. If somebody drops off, you can hop on. Let's go to, and again, the question that I'm asking is, if you have watched the way that ESPN has covered Grayson Allen, would they cover Grayson Allen right now during the NCAA tournament if there was a video that came out of him at St. Patrick's Day pulling down a girl's top? At a at a at a St. Patrick's Day party on Duke's campus, I think the answer is hundred percent yes, and they would say, "Oh, this is more evidence of Grayson Allen's immaturity. This is more evidence of why he's uh, not trusted in terms of leading Duke to a national title." I mean, they would be all over it. Ron in Greensboro, North Carolina, what's up?
4: Hey, how's
2: it going? I'm um, fantastic. All right,
4: all right. Well, I think I think you're kind of missing. You're looking through the forest for the trees because. One of you guys just made the perfect explanation when he stated that she he pulled her top down and then later on she pulled on top down.
2: But so, there's a difference, but there's a difference there. She also slapped his hand away. Like if my wife or my girlfriend yeah, or somebody it, that I'm with wants to flash her boobs at Mardi Gras or Saint Patrick's Day, that's fine. She has the right and the ability to do it herself. Yeah, but, but when again, I'm doing t- one. when you're doing she, the same thing you don't
4: Yeah, she slapped his hand away. She didn't slap him in the face, and then she pulled her top down again. So for ESPN to say, okay, this is really malice behavior, they're looking at the environment of the situation. She pulled her top down again. But so that's a, but that you don't fra-
2: see the difference between her deciding to do it and Ezekiel Elliott doing it himself?
4: Well, at, with him pulling it down initially, and she never pulled it down again, you can look at the environment of the situation.
2: Now, are you I'm not are you married? Are I'm not, you married, Ron?
4: I'm not, I'm not condoning the behavior. I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you the intent of the situation for is paying to cover it. They're looking at okay, this person pulled a top down again. So you're looking at the environment of the situation. With Grayson Island, the reason he's been covered is not just because he tripped three people, and because you're missing the point. He's tripped three people. He's he's punched a couple of people, elbowed them and he's had meltdowns on the bench. Coach K had to bench him because of his behavior. No, Coach I, I would argue that
2: Coach K had to bench him because ESPN covered Grayson Allen tripping the guy at Elon as if it was the D-Day.
4: No, that was the last that was the last straw for Coach K. He had did that twice and one maliciously before
2: that. Okay, but, but I'm going to let you go. man- Ron. Are you let me ask you this Ron, are you married? He dropped off. All right. I I don't, I see a tremendous difference between a girl at a party, which is a frivolous situation. Everybody's out there drinking, deciding she wants to flash her boobs and pulling down her top herself and a guy pulling down her top for her without her consent. That's a tremendous difference. And if you can't see that, again, if you're out with your girlfriend and she wants to flash her boobs at Mardi Gras, that's her right. God bless her. I'm pro boobs, all right? But if you, while you're standing on a balcony, just pull down her top while you're under investigation for domestic violence, that's a major story. I'm sorry. Now, if Ezekiel Elliott was not being investigated for domestic violence, if the NFL weren't outdoing it, maybe you don't cover it at all. Then I can see the argument of this is not a story because there's no issue there with domestic violence or Ezekiel Elliott's relationship with women. But when you just pull down a woman's top without her consent, if she got a lawyer right now, Ezekiel Elliott would have to pay her probably hundreds of thousands of dollars. If she showed up with Gloria Allred and said, I can't believe what Ezekiel Elliott did. It's my body. I can choose whether or not I want to flash my boobs. I may have done it myself, but I did not consent when Ezekiel Elliott reached over and grabbed me and pulled down my top. He's in trouble. The NFL's in trouble. Brian in Pittsburgh, what's up?
7: Yes, I think like uh, right. I think that the injecting the
2: race
6: is uh, a little
7: bit too quickly. I believe if Draymond Green had done the same thing
2: as
6: Ezekiel Elliott, because uh, they covered him extensively with tripping and you know doing other things to players.
2: I don't know about the Draymond Green angle, uh, whether they would have or not. Did ESPN cover his accidental Snapchat of his genitals? <laughs> I dream mean, it was dream. probably
0: mentioned at least.
2: Maybe. Uh, but again, that's like him doing things to himself as opposed to messing up otherwise. DeAndre in San Diego. Good
9: one.
10: What's All going on? One thing on Andre Iguodala is: uh, for years, black people's mouths have been shut. And what you're getting is the new millennium of kids who are not afraid to voice their opinion. So, like, I used to sit down with my grandfather and he used to tell me stories and how he couldn't walk on certain streets or look certain ways at certain people, water, drink water out of water fountains. These are stories that are being told to a lot of young black youth. Now, when my father was coming through the era, they protested, and a lot of them went to jail. So now I'm looking at both sides and saying, "Damn that! I'm a young rich man. I can pay my way out of things." And damn what white white America thinks. It is still a racist uh, 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 organization, whether white America wants to believe it or not. So by you think the saying, Warriors? Matt,
2: you think the Warriors are racist? Go ahead. You think the All Warriors right. are racist? No,
10: I didn't say the. I didn't say the. The Warriors are racist. I'm saying what dollar said was a form of being shut down, history wise, on blacks being able to speak. Have we been able to speak back when white America was slaving us? You probably wouldn't be having young black males speaking in the term in the tongues that they're speaking of today because it'd be on equal grounds. But we're just now I, I, getting to speak.
2: I have no idea what you're. I have no idea what you're saying, DeAndre. You think that that is he? You think that Andre Iguodala is in some way referencing racism in a valid way when he's calling Steve Kerr a master?
10: Well, same thing when when Bobby Knight used the whip on on TV at a game. Everybody laughed. The commentator that was doing the game laughed at it. The white America laughed at it. See you know what I'm saying? But when blacks do something or say something, race always got to be a problem. Like your show. You get ratings on on speaking on race majority of the time, and hey, you're a smart individual by doing that. This is how you get your rating. That's why the other two guys gone. But what I'm saying is, I speak out of tongue too. I mean, it's not like a, a malicious way of speaking. It's just what it is, you know. I'm not. Saying but you understand, you understand
2: that if you call your boss a master, and thanks for the call. I appreciate the call, DeAndre. Like, there's a big difference between calling your boss like. Oh, that, that boss, like if Andre Iguodala says Steve Kerr's a slave driver, that's a different phrase than if Andre Iguodala says Steve Kerr really drives us hard. He really works our asses off. He wants the best for us. Like there's a difference. When you call your white boss a master, you are injecting race into the equation. It's not me injecting race into the equation. Andre Iguodala has been fined $10,000 because the NBA found his comments to be inappropriate. He injected race into this conversation, not me. Let's take one more call and then we're going to go to trending. Let's go to uh let's go to Duran in Oakland.
7: Hi, how are you doing?
2: I'm excellent. How are you?
7: Yes. Um I want to know what would you like to happen to Andre Iguodala and AJ Like what would you like to happen to them?
2: What would I like to happen to them? I'm discussing their comments. I don't necessarily think that anything should happen to Andre Iguodala. I think it kind of shines the light on why the Warriors are playing poorly. In terms of Ezekiel Elliott, I think it's a major story when a running back for the Dallas Cowboys does what he did while he's under investigation for domestic violence and an organization as big as ESPN basically doesn't cover it at all. They get to decide what stories are. Now, our story, our show is getting more and more popular because I think we're the most honest show in sports. I'm talking about it. Is it a big deal or not? So, what I, I guess, what do you think should happen? That's a strange, strange call. What do I think should happen? I don't know. Am I the judge? I should be Judge Clay. Let's figure out what's trending now. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by Geico. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. And most important ad we do, if you think a train will stop if it sees your car on the tracks, you're right. It will about a mile after it hits you. Stop. Trains can't. Joined now by Alex Marvez, as we are every single Tuesday at this time. Alex, what's up, my man? How are you?
11: Clay, was that like part of your community service, having <laughs> to read that also? Or no, you that's how be-
2: – that's how dominant this show has become Alex we now get paid not to uh to tell people not to tell people not to get hit by trains
11: I can be- oh, I can believe the dominance and by the way excellent <laughs> manifesto last weekend even though it was too long to read you couldn't fit it into 140 characters but the history of media was very enlightening I enjoyed uh I enjoyed reading that and I think you ex- a lot of extremely valid points in, in what you wrote about I enjoyed it
2: I appreciate that my man all right so let's start here Ezekiel Elliott on a balcony and he pulls down a girl's top. He's under investigation for domestic assault, um, violence or whatever. Yes. I'm sure you've seen this uh, this, this video yes. up on TMZ. Before I ask you about that and what you think of it from, a, from that perspective, we've had an interesting discussion here for the last, I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes on the show. I think it's fascinating that ESPN has basically chosen not to cover this as a story at all. In your opinion as a journalist, is this a story?
11: I think it's a story because of what news has become. And I think because of the background involved in Ezekiel Elliott makes it a story. I, I think that's interesting. Now, of course, there wasn't a criminal complaint filed against Ezekiel Elliott in this regard. You, you know, I've heard so many whispers about the way this young man is living his life off the field. And it isn't good, by the way. I can point that out. Sorry, Cowboys fans. But this kid has some growing up to do. But I think, look, it's it's interesting because what was the news judgment of it? He pulled down a woman's top on St. Patrick's Day and this isn't what you know at a parade and this isn't what the NFL wants. And it's an embarrassing moment for them. I'm not sure if that's why ESPN is an it. I can't tell you. I've never worked there. I've never had a desire to work at ESPN. So, you know, I can't I can't tell you their thinking, but to me, it, it again, like you talk about, you start tying in the domestic violence thing, you start looking at a guy, you know, and apparently the second time he tries doing it, he gets his hand swatted away. Maybe it's in good fun. Maybe they're friends. Maybe not. What I would have loved to have seen was some sort of comment from Zeke Elliott about this and what was he thinking or maybe not thinking when something like this happens
2: regardless the way you just analyzed it is the way I've analyzed it as well it's indisputably a story right and it's surprising to me that ESPN would not be covering it because again there's video it's a sexy story look it involves nudity it involves Ezekiel Elliott who is a Dallas Cowboy uh, star player it involves a player who is currently being investigated for domestic assault slash violence It is indisputably a pretty big story to me, and ESPN crickets from them. Do you think – and, again, I'm I'm just kind of fascinated by that editorial decision on their part. To me, it's playing favorites.
11: Yeah, well, I mean, that's an interesting question. You know, will they ultimately end up covering the story, or are they going to wait for someone else to, to, you know, take the ball and run with it, so to speak, and, and then hop aboard late? with it I I just I think it's something that that's worth mentioning just because of like you said unfortunately Ezekiel put himself in this position and then you get into this other question too Clay what's Zeke Elliott thinking you realize you're a professional football player now right and all eyes are upon you and and, you know this is if I'm the Dallas Cowboys when we talk about like Adrian Peterson I'm not joking when I tell you this Clay I really think at some point you got to start to wonder if this kid runs into trouble or we don't have him on the field you know, first, got to be working as an organization with this guy so he's not doing dumb things like this again. The second thing you're wondering is, is he, is he ultimately going to do something that takes him off the field? And I know they have Alfred Morris sitting there in mothballs, and maybe that's something that they'll, they'll, you know, are prepared to play with. And I am hate looking at this from an X and O standpoint because it goes beyond this. But reality is he's a football player, and I know a lot of people are going to say I'm exaggerating all this. Trust me, there are some things behind the scenes with Zeke Elliott that I think this Dallas Cowboys team should be concerned about. And I think that this is maybe just a public display of it that's out there. The kid needs to grow up fast, brother.
2: We're talking to Alex Marvez. Speaking of the Cowboys, what's going to happen with Romo? Uh,
11: you know, this I, I still think it's Houston. I, I thought it was Denver for a while. They're Now, look, either Denver is playing really coy on this. It's like funny. It's like Vance Joseph says, well, he's under contract, so he's not part of our discussions. Does anyone believe this stuff in 2017? Really? He's not part of your discussions. He may not be part of your discussions with the media. But are you telling me that the Denver Broncos haven't had a single internal discussion about Tony Romo? And if you notice the spin from the Broncos, it's all been how great Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch are. You would would think that they're the second coming of John Elway, by the way, based upon, or Peyton Manning, based upon the hyperbole surrounding these guys. And I just simply don't see it. That's just... That's just me. But I think now with Houston clearing out the salary cap space, getting the Cleveland Browns to bite on the Brock Osweiler contract, the fact it's a 38-minute flight away from Houston to Dallas and vice versa, and it just it makes a whole heck of a lot of sense for the Texans to make this move, and then we can see how Bill O'Brien screws this one up. Bill Belichick and
2: the Patriots, despite the fact that they're defending champs, have been incredibly aggressive in free agency and making moves already in this offseason. It looks like they've made their team a lot better Uh, I saw someone tweet, it's like Belichick right now is coaching as if he's never won a title as opposed to the fact that he's won whatever the heck it is now, uh, five titles um, as a head coach. Are the Patriots even better now than they were when the season ended as the champs?
11: I wouldn't say that because these are all moves on paper. And then if I go down that road, then I start judging every other team. I present the paper Mache Lombardi trophy at the end of every offseason <laughs> to the team that wins the offseason. Last year, the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, a usual recipient. They won it. Of course, it dissolves in water or when you start playing real football games. And look, here's the thing with Belichick. And, and it's funny because, he, you know, we take it as cliche, which it is, Clay, that we're going to do what's in the best interest of our football team. Well, I really believe though that in a lot of ways Belichick believes in that and I say that because this is a very unusual approach for this team. Look at what they just spent on Stefan Gilmore. A guy that the Buffalo Bills, and trust me, their their personnel department I'm not trusting their judgment, but it's like they just broke the bank on Stefan Gilmore. They didn't, get, they didn't resign their own, Dante Hightower. Now if Hightower comes back, he's going to be making less money than Stephon Gilmore. He comes back hat in hand. Sort of curious, right? You get Brandon Cooks. If you're Julian Edelman, you know that Brandon Cooks is your ultimate replacement. So how do these things work in the locker room? How do these guys fit in the dynamics? Especially Brandon Cooks, a guy who doomed himself in New Orleans in a lot of ways by complaining about how, how little he caught the football after they just came back with that miraculous deal against the Chargers. So I, I'm just curious by these moves. You know, Again, it's talent, but it's also how do they fit into a team structure? Are they going to be good at what it is that New England does? I, I'm, I'm just I'm going to be interested to see that. Can he get more consistent play out of Coney Ely, a guy who disappeared last season after that great Super Bowl? You just didn't hear much from Coney Ely. Is that the coaching in Carolina, or are the Patriots going to sprinkle some more of that pixie dust? Fascinating stuff, but I will say this, Clay, real quick. I like the fact that there's new blood in that locker room because sometimes complacency has a tendency to get in for a team that just won a Super Bowl. Nobody's going to be complacent in Foxborough this season.
2: Outstanding as always. We'll talk to you next week, my man. Thank you, Clay. Be good, baby. That is Alex Marvez. Follow him on Twitter at Alex Marvez. I am Clay Travis. Final segment, hour two, up next here on Outkick, the coverage. AutoZone rev up your refund, instant win game, and sweepstakes for a chance to win thirty grand or other prizes. No purchase necessary. Ends 4 17 Must be 18 plus. Visit AutoZoneTaxTime.com. Get in the zone. Auto zone. Just got through talking to Alex Marvez. We'll talk to Casey Smith in Hour 3. Poll question is up there. It is a question that I think a lot of you uh, are agreeing with me on. But nearly 12,000 of you have voted. Would ESPN be covering the Ezekiel Elliott story? Exact same situation, except you put Grayson Allen on a balcony and he's pulling down a girl's top at Duke. If they would cover it for Grayson Allen, why wouldn't they cover it for Ezekiel Elliott? You just heard Alex Marvez say... He believes it's a legit story. I think it's a legit story. We're covering it here. Why isn't ESPN? Uh, Jason Martin, I mean, do you have any idea why ESPN would not be covering this? No,
0: not really. Uh, It's not being covered in a lot of sports areas, which doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. Like you're seeing it on some of the more tabloid sports sites, the ones that go for the outlandish stuff. But this isn't really that outlandish because of who it involves and the background of this individual. This shows a serious lack of judgment in a guy that is supposed to be one of the faces of the biggest franchise in all of the NFL, which is the most popular league in professional sports. For that not to get mentioned in any respect really at all, with all of, I mean, you got 24 hour a day sports on multiple channels for ESPN, and none of them are spending any time talking about this whatsoever. It, it's mind boggling.
2: Some people say, Why do you focus on ESPN? And that's because they're the top dog. They're the ones that drive coverage. Now, every single day, this show gets more popular. And in fact, I think, Danny, you've got a couple of the details from our podcast. Yeah. I think d- yes, yeah. I what do you got for actually, us?
3: And uh, shouts out to Robert. Justin did a nice job filling in for him the past two days. Uh, Robert had his wisdom teeth pulled, so he's on heavy med still, but he's in here grinding. He passed these notes oh, on.
2: <laughs> so Robert can show up and grind <laughs> here on the radio, but the Warriors, if they fly too much because he had his wisdom teeth out and he can't even talk, and but the Warriors, if they travel too many airplane flights and go to too many cities, they can't show up and play a basketball game. Interesting. Okay, oh, yeah. yeah, continue.
3: Steve Kerr would have left Robert back in the bay. Yeah, <laughs> He uh, passed these podcast stats on to me. Nigeria has moved all the way up to number three. New Zealand has dropped out of the top five. What's up with that, Kiwis? And two newcomers, Clay, Iraq and Hong Kong. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Iraq what? probably makes yeah. sense because I'm, I'm assuming there is... Soldiers. Still, yeah, a decent sure. American presence in Iraq. And they probably... And thanks for the service over there, by the way. Those guys, if you're out of the country then a lot of times sports talk or radio can be your connective tissue back to the country that you're not in right now. So it doesn't surprise me that we would have a lot of guys out there signing up. Again, if you're new, if you missed some of the talk last week, we're now on podcast. So we've gotten for a long time everybody saying, oh, how can I listen to this show? Maybe you missed the first hour. Maybe you missed most of the second hour. You're just getting up right now, but you want to be able to hear it. We're on iTunes. Just go search Outkick, go search my name, and you will find us and you'll be able to subscribe. Nigeria is surging up the ranks. New Zealand Man, disappointing New Zealand. Guam, we're still huge in, evidently, but now Iraq. And where else did you say? Iraq and Hong Kong?
3: And Hong Kong, yeah.
2: Again, I would bet a lot of American expatriates over there. It's always cool to see for the international uh, relations. Thanks, for Robert, for passing that along. I'm going to open up the phone lines. Uh, Several of you on Twitter saying, oh, well, you cut people off. You cut people off. That's the number one complaint I get. Well, I cut people off because, first of all, we have tons of people who want to talk on this show. And so if you're calling up and we can't hear you very well or we got to go to break, like there's a lot of different spinning tops involved in this show. So I try to get as many different voices as I can from the callers. In fact, I don't know of any other national show like us that a lot of times will not have a single guest scheduled just so we can take your calls, just so we can interact with you, just so we can get as many possible voices across the Outkick Nation involved as is remotely possible. So we're going to try that again, 877 996 You can react to any of the stories we've been talking about so far today. Uh, we've been talking about Andre Iguodala and uh, the fallout of the Golden State Warriors as they're now caught by the San Antonio Spurs. As he called Steve Kerr, a master was fined $10,000 yesterday for doing so. And we're talking about this uh, situation with Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, What in the world was he thinking as he's under investigation for domestic violence, deciding to pull down a girl's top at a St. Patrick's Day party in Dallas? And why, as TMZ puts up the video, and you can indisputably see that that it is Ezekiel Elliott, is this a story that's not getting more attention? I think that ESPN is in the tank here. Ezekiel Elliott. I think they're protecting him in a way they wouldn't be protecting him if it was Grayson Allen. Maybe you can argue it's because of their relationship with the NFL. Maybe somebody at the Cowboys called him up and said, please don't cover this. Why does it matter? Because if ESPN's covering it, then it goes everywhere. A lot of you right now, getting in your cars right now, you haven't even heard about this video, despite the fact that it's pretty crazy and I think should be one of the top stories going on in the world of sports right now, which is why we're carrying it. You can trust us. Message is pretty simple. You can't trust ESPN or maybe anybody else. The most honest voice in sports, whether you love or hate me, it's me. The most honest radio show, whether you love or hate it, it's this one here on OutKick. We'll dive into your calls, 877-996-6369. Final hour of the show. Let's roll here on Outkick. Welcome back, Fox Sports Radio Studios, brought to you by Geico. Fifteen minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. This show also brought to you by True Car. With TrueCar, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, and on average save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Casey Smith will join us at the bottom of the hour here as we roll into hour three. Good morning to the West Coast. I hope the East Coast is surviving from the winter storm that is rolling up and down the coast from somewhere, I believe, in Virginia all the way up through the Boston area throughout today. Uh, Good luck digging out of all that snowfall in mid-March. Definitely a rarity. We're talking about a couple of different stories. Going to take your calls here in the opening segment. Talking about two stories that I think are, are very intriguing, each of which stand alone, but also may have a little bit in common. First of all, Andre Iguodala, you just heard in the trending update that the Warriors have now been caught by the San Antonio Spurs in the Western Conference, and that if the season ended today, the Golden State Warriors would lose the tiebreak to the Spurs. That is, the Spurs would have home court throughout the Western Conference Finals. One reason that the Spurs would have home court throughout the Western Conference Finals is the decision by Steve Kerr to rest all of his best players that are healthy on the road against the Spurs. Very intriguing, strange decision. Kerr uh, rested Steph Curry. He rested Klay Thompson. He rested Andre, Andre Iguodala. And he rested Draymond Green. Things seem a little bit awry right now with the Warriors and the way that they're interacting and all their commentary and the fact that they're complaining about having an eight-city trip and 11,000 miles and everything else that surrounds that. I think it's all a bunch of baloney, really, when you break it down. The fact that the Warriors aren't playing their top stars, even when they're playing great teams and have an opportunity to create some space between themselves and the Spurs is, I think, an ultimate indictment of the NBA season maybe the Warriors just don't care that much about having home court advantage throughout the Western Conference and then on also into the NBA Finals. Maybe they just don't care. Maybe they don't think it's a big deal whether or not they get four home games as opposed to the Spurs. But it's very strange the decision not to play their best players, especially when you add in the fact that, look, Kawhi Leonard was out with a concussion. LaMarcus Aldridge is suddenly out with an injury. There are lots of advantages you would think to trotting out your starters and trying to beat the Spurs on their home court when they don't have all their top players but the Warriors decided not to do that and right before that game happened there was an interesting interlude it was Andre Iguodala talking about Steve Kerr in the locker room and he had this to say for which he has now been fined ten thousand dollars that just happened yesterday from the NBA listen to Iguodala's comments and right before they went to go play the Spurs.
3: Was it planned that you, you guys would take tomorrow? You and a couple would take tomorrow. So, off. how are plan. We, we taking tomorrow? You, Steph, Joe. What? Nope, no clue. Do what Masters say. Is there anything, anything else? What would we done to say. Uh, Just play harder.
4: Figure it out. Change gonna come. I know what we
2: should
4: say. Change gonna
2: come. So I took this initially as a joke, a bad joke, and I'm not the guy who grabs his pearls and says, Oh my god, I can't believe this joke didn't play out like Andre Iguodala expected it to play out. Really strange comments. Really strange comments from Andre Iguodala, especially because he didn't back away from them afterwards when he was questioned about them. He called his white coach a master. He said that he didn't know that they were not going to play. I find that really hard to believe. I think that Steve Kerr, for all the criticism you could throw Steve Kerr's away in this situation, I can't imagine that Kerr, and look, I've ripped Kerr over the decision not to play his guys. I can't imagine that he didn't tell the four stars on the Warriors that he was going to rest them. Does anybody actually believe that Iguodala was finding out from the media that he was not going to play against the Spurs, and then to call your white basketball coach a master and interject old slave language into the conversation. Again, I took it as a joke, but the comments afterwards did not sound like a joke. I went and I read what Iguodala had to say, and it's, it's really strange. It's really strange the way that he responded to the quotes about this because he said when you say it's an inside joke he didn't really say it was a joke he said it still doesn't take away from how someone may feel a lot of guys might feel a certain way but they don't know how to express it I may have chosen the wrong way to express it that's my personal way at getting back at you guys a little bit well, that doesn't make sense is he playing with the media that seems strange was it directed at just the frustration about the schedule? And this is the quote that that, that is, is surprising. You're having a conversation with a group every single day. They thrust themselves so much into your lives, it's almost like you have a robotic type of mindset. You can have a mentality of past or present groups of people, generations. You can feel similar, not the same, but similar. You can speak up on the same routine and kind of grind. Like I said, may not have been the right time or place to speak. It doesn't change the way someone may feel. I feel like that's what everyone has to respect. If someone feels a certain way, you can't say they're a bad person as long as there's no prejudice or ill intent toward you. That's a weird phrase. I think that probably Steve Kerr would say, you know what? Being a white guy compared to a slave master by a black guy, it feels a little bit like there's an ill intent there. feels like there may be prejudice. feels like, for me, that's not something where I come off looking very well. Feels like maybe Steve Kerr has a gripe here. Maybe there's a reason why this Warriors team is not playing that well, and maybe a lot of it has to do with the internal internal dynamics there. We know Draymond Green has been a little bit of a head case this year and beyond. Andre Iguodala doesn't seem like he's necessarily a guy who's very comfortable right now. Certainly, Steph Curry has had to address the stupidity surrounding the reaction to the Under Armour CEO comments. This is a team that seems steeped in drama right now, and we got asked earlier on Twitter, and you can always reach out to me if you can't get into the phone lines, 877-996-6369. You can always reach out to me at Twitter, and somebody said, what if Steve Kerr had made the same analogy? What if Steve Kerr had made the same analogy that Andre Iguodala made? What if Steve Kerr had said, okay, I guess I'm going to have to crack the whip now. The guys aren't playing very well. Or what if he had said when he decided not to play these four guys, well, we're not going to send them out into the fields to pick cotton today. I'm going to give them the day off. What if he had said, boy, if we don't start playing better, I'm going to have to break out the cat and nine tails. What if he had said, you know what, guys, I think I'm going to have to take away their one pair of pants and their one shirt, right, right? Get it? Slavery analogy. The fact that modern NBA players want to compare themselves to slaves is one of the most absurd comparisons in the history of sports. Unless you think slaves are making a really good living. Remember Draymond Green has already been down this path a little bit before. Stupidly. And he later had to apologize for his comments. And now Andre Iguodala, which I took initially as just a total joke, now he's trying to allege that he has a similar feeling. Not the same situation, he said. Well, thanks for thanks for clarifying that. So you aren't in the same situation as a slave you're making $15 million a year to put a ball into a hoop, which is different than the situation when a slave was you know, enslaved and not being paid and didn't have freedom. Okay, thanks for saying the situations aren't the exact same. And you're tired because you're having to get on a private plane and fly around the country to go play basketball in front of tens of thousands of people who have worked their asses off to be able to afford those tickets. And that's not the same thing as not being able to ride a horse from one plantation to another. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And you have a lot of really highly trained masseuses massaging you when your legs are a little bit tired, uh, making sure that your feet are pedicured appropriately, and that's different than when an overseer would whip somebody because they didn't pick up enough cotton. Okay, thanks for making sure that's not the exact same situation. I think this is incredibly idiotic. I think it's emblematic of the issue that the Warriors are facing right now in all of their season. Am I crazy for this? I don't know. We'll go to your calls. G. Dubb in Cincinnati. What's up, G. dub Yes, you're crazy, Clay. What's <laughs> crazy about you're
12: it? Cra- you, you're, well, first of all, aren't the uh, Golden State Warriors tied for the best record in the NBA? Correct. So it didn't affect them d- dramatically. Uh, the reason why the Warriors are having problems now because they what lost the second leading, maybe the first leading scorer in the NBA, what, the past four or five years? that might have more to do with it than anything what do you but, think uh, what re- do you
2: think about Andre Iguodala calling Steve well, Kerr a master did, did
12: you mention a tweet that he said the day what the same day that he made those comments that this was an inside joke between uh, the warriors and coach Kerr and coach Kerr said well that's this Andre being Andre he's a highly intelligent guy and he's pulling the media's chain
2: did you mention that Clay? i read all his quotes didn't. no 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 hold on i directly did i just read right? all of his no no Calm down here. Well, I just read all of his quotes directly. I read the well, quotes directly a, that, the he that he just said, said responding to the $10,000 fine. Well, what about the tweet that he, that he said? I, that I told you line, that. that I, did that sound like a joke to you And I just played the audio? Well, I played I, his direct I, I audio. Told-
12: I just told you what the guy said in the tweet, Clay. I mean, you even mentioned the fact that you can't find one article about Andre Iguodala's comments. Let me ask you, Clay: Did you mention the fact that it was uh, talked about during the broadcast of the Saturday's game in the first five minutes of the game? Did you mention that, Clay? Of course, you Clay.
2: Do you so you think that I'm unfairly criticizing Andre? You think that I'm unfairly criticizing Andre Iguodala?
12: Did you mention that it was talked about during the broadcast? Because I didn't watch the game. You. Okay, I have so, a life. So you, Unlike so, most so, people, so, as soon as I heard so, that the okay. Warriors
2: weren't playing their starters, I chose not to watch so, that game. So, so, I chose so to watch the so, other the so college basketball games.
12: So you're basically fake news. You you're you're emblematic and stereotypical white conservative trying to make hay out of something that obviously you don't have full information about. I mean, what because, in the world well, you, are you
2: talking about? First well, of all, because you because I've you never voted you can't for, find Hold on. G. It, Clay. Calm down. Calm down here. I've I'm, never voted for a Republican. All right, so hey, how does that make does that me a mean? conservative white guy? Well,
12: well, Clay, you're not a conservative? No, I don't think <laughs> I mean, I'm conservative at all. I think I'm a radical a stupid, moderate. That's, that's about as stupid. Oh, oh, come on, Clay. Radical what conservative, views, what conservative minute, Clay, views do I have? Clay, Clay, with all due respect, brother, come on. Who, who the hell are you trying to fool? Radical moderates aren't prominently displayed on white nationalist websites like Breitbart and conservative websites like Daily Caller. Okay, Clay. I'm come from Cincinnati, man. Conservative bastion. People are so conservative here; they make the Ku Klux Klan look like moderates. I mean, you said that you can't find an article about it. You love ESPN. You check out the websites all the time. Hell, they got an article about Andre Eagle Donald's comments and undefeated prominently displayed on the front of the freaking website. Probably praising him
2: probably praising him
12: no no they're talking about how unfortunate how stupid his comments were but you didn't mention that clay let me ask you clay how long have you been a victim of uh of uh white male bias and black male dominated sports world what since the integration of sports
2: i think i've been racist my whole life i guess right i mean I, no, my I, white I'm privilege I'm keeps it impossible question. for me again, not being racist right
12: again you're def- you're deflecting clay no and, i'm not deflecting I'm, was, a huge, yes, I'm a huge i'm a huge racist more.
2: I hate black people. It's clear to anybody who well, why, listens to the show. Well,
12: why would you do that? Well, why would you hate black people, uh, Clay? And you're in a sports world dominated by black men. You're in the wrong field, brother.
2: I know. It's, they incre- it's a going, it's a really ironic move me, for a right? racist to have, right?
12: They're they're not going anywhere, Clay. I mean, you let, let's talk about Grayson Allen, Clay. The reason why Grayson Allen is talked about so much because he has priors. He has multiple incidents. And like uh, Doug Gottlieb, who you turned into the Jewish version of Jason Whitlock, like he said yesterday, he's, he's acting like a petulant child. He's had multiple incidents of uh, tripping people. Uh, the coach has had to suspend him again. Hell, you should, you should thank ESPN that he gets this out of his system because if he tries this in the NBA, what's going to happen, Clay? They're going to split his league. You or, or he's
2: going to get a $20 million contract like Draymond Green. Well, and people you like know, you are going to call in to and defend him?
12: No, how, how, how would I defend him, Clay? Draymond Green is a punk for kicking people in the nuts. But when it's followed through... How has
2: it impacted Draymond Green's career in the NBA? You just said if, 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 if Grayson Allen goes he's, to the NBA received, and he does this, if he trips people... Mood. He's received received negative negative. news and got a 20. Hey, trust me, you can say anything negative about me you want if you pay me $20 million a year, and I'm on my way to getting Clay.
12: You asked the question, how does it negatively affect Draymond Green? Well, he's now he's seen as a guy that's a cheap short artist, a guy that likes to hit guys in the balls, a guy that's been suspended and possibly cost his team a championship. That's how it's negatively affected Draymond Green. Did I answer your question, Clay?
2: It hasn't negatively impacted his (laughs) paycheck is my point.
12: Well, it wouldn't affect Grayson Allen's paycheck. The guy's a hell of a player. Matter of fact, Grayson Allen isn't even the best white guy on the team.
2: Luke Luke Canard Canard is. is And that's my point. That's my point is that he has become, that Grayson Allen has become the white whipping boy for ESPN. I don't think there's any doubt. Thanks for the call, G-Dub. G-Dub says I'm a huge racist. Open phone lines. 877-996-6369. I think that Andre Iguodala, if you flip his comments, if Steve Kerr says, we're going to go out the field, even if it's an inside joke, Steve Kerr says, you know what, I've got an inside joke with my team. Inside joke. Ha ha, I'm really funny. I pretend with my team that I'm a slave master. And so when I came out to the press conference, you know what I said today? I said, you know what we're going to do? We got to play better. I'm going to get out the cat of nine tails. I'm going to whip my players into submission. We're going to have to do a better job picking cotton. Ah ha ha ha. See how funny that is? He gets fired immediately. Andre Agudalo does it. Virtually no criticism. Can cite one article, two articles. Virtually zero criticism. Nationwide. Andy just gets a $10,000 fine. Doesn't miss any games. No issues associated with it. Fascinating. Your calls. 877 996 6369. I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage here on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. G Dub has got everybody fired up on Twitter. You can find me at Clay Travis. You can react to the show as always dub deciding that I am a huge racist and that is the reason why I have an issue with Andre Iguodala calling his white boss a master. Your calls, your reaction. Huge racist like me who worked for Al Gore's presidential campaign, who voted for Barack Obama, as I've told you guys before twice, who has never voted for a Republican candidate. This past election, I voted for Gary Johnson. I consider myself to be a radical moderate. But As you can hear, a lot of times left-wingers decide that they want to call you racist or sexist or misogynistic or homophobic or transphobic, whatever kind of insult you want to toss in there. It's a sign that you really don't have much of an argument, but you may disagree or agree. First Amendment, always alive and well on the show. And Andre in North Carolina is up next. Andre, what's up?
10: What's going on, Clay?
2: I'm excellent. How are you?
10: I'm great, man. I I just got lucky, you know, uh, just found sports... um, Sports Radio, where I'm at. But I just wanted to say to you, man, I really admire you. You know, you, you're an idiot sometimes, but you are likable. when you know shows sometimes, like, Saturday Night Live is cheap comedy sometimes. Yeah. I agree with you, especially with the trans issue. You know, it, it stirs up a lot of crap. But um, sometimes, man, some of the stuff you say is, like, real, real funny, man. It, it, it's sad sometimes. All right, but, what's sad? What's um, sad that I say? Oh, uh, man, shoot. Shoot. What don't you say that's sad sometimes, man? I don't know. I, I like what G-Dub said this morning, man, with the, with the Andre Engle dollar issue. Uh, uh, the thing with um Draymond Green and, and Grayson Allen, you know, you got to admit, man, while one, both of them are idiots, you know, Gray, Grayson Allen will never make an impact on an NBA team like Andre Ingram. I mean, like uh Draymond Green, never. He would never. He's not that good. Right,
2: I, I don't. I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, I think that uh, the Draymond Green's a better basketball player than Grace Allen. The question that I asked about Grace and Allen, the reason why I brought Grace and Allen is, ESPN has turned Grace and Allen into the worst human being on earth. And we talked about Ezekiel Elliott pulling the girls' top down and the decision that ESPN has made not to cover it. And if Grace and Allen did that at a Duke party, uh, along with ninety-two percent of you, according to the twelve thousand people who voted, you believe that ESPN would have covered that. Like, do you think yeah. that if you're in you're in North Carolina? You know Duke nah. and, and UNC. If Grayson Allen pulled down a girl's top right now at a, at a St. Patrick's Day party, don't you think that ESPN would be covering it?
10: Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I don't I don't, I don't feel he's the worst person in the world. I just think he's me. That's all. I don't think it's that serious for him to cover that much. I don't even think that the one game was enough for him. You
2: know what I'm saying? I think but the only hey, reason he, he got it. one game, I appreciate the call, Andre. I think the only reason he got one game was because of the way ESPN covered that. Because initially, remember, Coach K said, I'm not suspending him at all. Coach K said, no, we're not going to suspend him. I know what's best for this team. And then ESPN ran the trip of the player at the Elon game over and over and over again. And then Coach K felt obligated to suspend him because of all the resulting media uproar. And that's really the power that ESPN has. ESPN has the power to turn a story that otherwise might have disappeared into the number one story in America because so many people take their lead off of ESPN for what story should be. And I think it's incredible that they're not covering the Ezekiel Elliott story, given the fact that he's under investigation for domestic violence, that he plays for the Dallas Cowboys, and that there's a video. There's no uncertainty about exactly what happened. 877-996-6369. Jimmy in Florida, what's up?
13: Hey, first of all, first-time listener, first-time caller. I I do believe that the Ezekiel Elliott um, story is newsworthy. I think, first of all, your show is very uh, thought-provoking. I kind of enjoyed the over- emotion in some of the callers and some of it's uh rightfully so but um
2: by but the yeah, way i appreciate easier. that jimmy let me yeah. say this i love all yeah. the callers look you may disagree with me you may want to come at me and say you're full of crap like you're welcome again the first amendment's alive and well we don't have to all agree on any issue it'd be really damn boring if we did sorry appreciate it, jimmy right Continue. right
13: no uh, and i think that you know just like with the um you know i'm an independent and sometimes when people listen to your views, they try to put you in a box. I think even the callers probably need to understand that their biggest complaint is always being put in a box. And then when you give certain pure thoughts on something, you actually just put yourself in that box. You know, to not say that there's a double standard when some of these ball players make um, those extreme um, comments. You know, the thing is, when you when you go from – a lot of us grew up with humble – humble beginnings i grew up in south jamaica queens rough area, and i work for a fortune one company so i've gone from that and then to where i am now there are things that i just cannot say you know and i'm a gm so i have a a pretty high level in what i do um yeah these thoughts when we're around the barbershop or i'm having a conversation even with you smoking a cigar we can say just about anything but when you're in a in a corporate or media um uh society I don't want to say society, but in, when you're in certain um situations, you have to be guarded in what you say and i do he knows that those comments were purposeful because he even said change is going to come, and we already know that that actually is a is a term that came from the civil rights so he just to to deny it is just hilarious to me own it. But, but be very careful what you say because a lot of your marketing will be tied to that. And then all of a sudden if he loses endorsements, then they'll put a blame on why did that happen. So if you're making a million or if you're in that certain um, um, media, when you're, when you're watched by the media, if you represent your team, because remember the brand of your team is very important and players need to understand that they're part of that branding. So when you sign on the dotted line, there is a certain code of conduct that you have to follow. And if you're not willing to do that, then you need to face the repercussions, similar to Ezekiel Elliott. You said Dallas is the number one team branding, you know, just like the Yankees. And and even the Knicks, and I'm a Knicks fan, I'm sorry to even bring them up. But you cannot do certain things and expect there not to be repercussion. I am surprised that ESPN is not making a big deal of it. And then, like you said, down here in Jacksonville, you got a Grayson Allen who even if he's being a prick about basketball, he should not get as much play as something that you just mentioned about Ezekiel Elliott, and that's that's my opinion.
2: Appreciate the call, Jimmy. Uh, We're going to go find out what's trending now, opening the phone lines back up because we were loaded here for a long time. 877-996-6369. You can react to GW. You can react to anything else that's happened so far in the show. Casey Smith will be our guest in Boston. She'll report on the huge snowstorm that is hitting the East Coast. To finish off, we'll probably also talk a little bit about the conclusion to The Bachelor. I am Clay Travis, and this now is What's Trending. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to say 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. I want you all to listen up very carefully. If you think a train will stop if it sees your car on the tracks, you're right. It will. About a mile after it hits you. Stop. Trains can't. There are going to be like studies written about how impressive that that ad's going to be. People used to get hit by trains in this country and then Clay Travis started telling them to stop. Trains are going to hit them. They're not it's unbelievable. Traffic deaths from trains down a billion percent since I started. Um, let's go. We got. I'm going to take your calls. We're reacting to a couple of different stories. By the way, always want to encourage you. Go download the podcast. You listen to the show immediately after. Let's say you're in your car right now. You're waking up on the West Coast. You're waking up on the East Coast. Wherever you are, and you're thinking, "Man, I want to hear more of this conflict. I want more of this Outkick show." Go download the podcast. Podcast is up now on Outkick. The coverage. Just go search it on iTunes. It's also up on Stitcher. It's up on all over the place. You can hear the entire show, and I guarantee you'll be entertained. Reminder also that I do an afternoon show on Facebook and Periscope. If you haven't watched Facebook Live or Periscope, I think you'll be pretty entertained by that as well. Plus, on that show, no FCC FCC restrictions, which is pretty outstanding. Let's go to Tim in Kentucky. Tim, what's up? What's going on, Tim?
7: Hey, how's it going,
2: Clay? I'm Um, excellent.
14: I, I'll say this. Let me start off with just one thing, and, and then I'll get to what I'm talking about is why why we should just be Americans.
2: Okay. Here's I what, love that, why we should just be Americans. That's a strong point.
14: Here's what I'll tell you. When, we, when we're when all sitting around now, because I served 24 years in, this, in the military, when we wake up in the morning, the biggest thing we worry about is how we're going to fix our hair or what we might wear to impress somebody. But the truth is, there's people that's defending the right for us to wake up and not worry about anything but that. And the great thing about the military is we say we're green. And what I mean by that is we don't come in with any colors. And I'll say this. I am a white guy, but I have jumped in front of a bullet trying to shoot somebody that was black. So it has nothing to do with race. It has to do with being Americans. When we go around the world, people don't call us, hey, there's a black American, a white American, a Hispanic American, Asian American. They say we're Americans. Until we get to a country where we don't divide ourselves and we unite ourselves, we're going to have problems. And the biggest problem is this dividing and separating. What is wrong doesn't matter what race it is. It's wrong. And until we recognize that wrong is wrong, we're going to have problems.
2: Appreciate the call, Tim. We need to play the national anthem in the background for Tim there. This so is strong. Tim's trying to bring the country back together. He's trying to bring the Outkick family back together. G-Dub disagreed with me. He came at me. Said I was racist. Said I was an alt-right, Breitbart, conservative, even more conservative town of Cincinnati. Now Tim's saying, let's bring America back together again. Let's go to Brian in Kentucky. Oh, there we go. There you go. That's what we need national anthem tim just bringing us all back together again maybe a little bit we shall overcome even though he's a white dude tim's trying to overcome let's go to brian in kentucky if kentucky can't bring us back together what state can border state during the civil war couldn't even decide between north and south that's that's kind of state kentucky is what's up brian
8: hey clay how's it going hey i love the show the uh The biggest thing, I listen to you every morning on the way to work, and the problem is is I just don't think people understand your humor or your satire, because you're not racist. Trust me. Like I said, I live in Kentucky. I know racist people, and you're just trying to put to light the hypocrisy that is sports media, especially ESPN, and you do it all the time, and I don't know if this is a call you want because I'm on your side, but... You The whole thing with Grayson Allen Draymond Green, of course they're going to cover Grayson Allen. It's ESPN. That's what they've been doing for the past 10 years systematically. And they're not going to cover Ezekiel Elliott because he's on the Dallas Cowboys, and he's a cash cow for them. And if they start attacking him, they're going to be called racist, and then it's going to be negative for them. And right now they can use no negative media at all. So I understand what you're saying, especially – the couple, there was one month ago where they were like, yeah, you're going to get your walking papers because you said the word niggardly on t-. They didn't understand that, that that's a real
2: word. So <laughs> I, appreciate the I appreciate the call, Brad. Yeah. I'm going to try to get everybody in here before we go to Casey Smith. Look, I, what I do is, whether you agree or disagree with me, I am the Eminem of Sports Talk Radio. Whatever you want to say about me, whatever insult you want to throw at me, look at my Twitter feed. It happens all day, every day. I get accused of everything oh, you're a a liberal, like just on a day-to-day basis. I get accused of being a liberal Obama voter. In fact, if I go into my my Twitter feed right now, it'll be like, you're an awful human being. I can't believe you voted for Barack Obama twice. And it'll also be same, literally next door to that will be a guy saying, you're racist just like Donald Trump. You're sexist just like Donald Trump. It's unbelievable on a day-to-day basis. And what I do is I just let all those insults rain rain down upon me. Because much like Eminem and 8 Mile, if you get called something enough, it loses its power. And then you get to the brutal truth, which is what this show does. Every single day, I try to be as honest as I possibly can. And I ask that of everybody who's on the show. Danny G, Robert, Jason Martin. Come every day and be as honest as you possibly can. And don't worry about what people call you. Because the people who listen can make their own determinations. Let's go to Mike in Florida. What's up, Mike?
7: Good morning. Great show today. Appreciate it. For a society that says uh, that has a movie, it's called White Man Can't Jump, and has no problem with that. I'm an old white guy. I'm not going to tweet you. I'm going to call you on the phone.
2: Can you jump, Mike? Are you? What's your vertical? Uh,
7: I I can get a sheet of paper underneath my foot when you. you, I'm the Paul (laughs) Silas of white guys. Okay. So
2: it's actually true for you. You can't jump.
7: Yes, no, I cannot. But you know what? I used to play with some really good players—be it white, black, Puerto Rican, whatever it might be—didn't make a difference one way or the other. That's how I was brought up. But at the same time, when when callers call in and and and, and basically are calling me racist, but then they have their own racist uh, remarks like. Uh, Grayson Allen's not even the best white man on his team. Well, I guess I guess it would be Tatum, right?
2: Would it be Tatum? It would probably be Luke Kennard. Thanks for the call, Mike. It's interesting. It is interesting how my belief on this has been pretty straightforward. I think the people who are the most racist are frequently the people who are calling you racist. It's funny on social media every now and then, when I get called racist, like I'll click on the guy's profile and be like, okay, it's always a guy, by the way. I'll click on the guy's profile. I'll be like, what's this guy otherwise talking about? Like, who else is he, like, following? And within three tweets, I'll see something insanely racist, almost without fail. The number one way to know that you are racist is if you spend a lot of time, in my opinion, calling other people racist. Let's get Brad in, and then we're going to go to Casey Smith. Brad in Oregon, what's up? Brad, are you there? Have you been kidnapped?
9: Oh, hey, hey, sorry about that, Clay. Yeah, Absolutely. And first of all, epic show, just like always uh dbap forever real quick um you I think a lot of these people are missing the huge point that's just staring them in the face, maybe because they haven't had a job in corporate America or a job period, but I'm sorry, but when you're working when you're employed by somebody or an organization and you have obligations to follow you know you have things with being an employee the rules of the employer whether it's to you know conduct yourself have good character so on and that goes without saying i mean in most jobs i've ever had and the or, the organization having the say or the employer having the say of
2: all right Brad, you know, i gotta cut you off because i gotta get to casey here's the here's the here's the truth of the matter you can't call your, your boss, no matter where you work, a slave master. You just can't do it. If you're a black dude, you certainly can't call your boss a slave master. Like, that's inappropriate. You deserve to get fined for it. Now, if it's a joke, I'm giving you credit for the joke, but it doesn't sound like it was a joke based on all of Andre Iguodala's comments. Let's go to break here. We're coming back with Casey Smith. She's live in Boston. We're going to ask her about Iguodala. We'll ask her about everything that surrounds this Ezekiel Elliott story. She is a Cowboys fan, and we'll also find out how bad is the snowfall on the East Coast as a storm comes in. This show, well, it's always a storm here on OutKick, the coverage. From the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, drive the new Duralast GT brake pads, proven tough from the tracks to the streets, sold only at AutoZone, get in the zone, AutoZone. I want to hit several of your tweets here, Uh, loaded tweets. You can always find us if you can't get through on the phone lines. Uh, BMO says, "Lm LMAO, fake news sports show. G-Dub shut you down. I could tell you wanted to call him the N-word. Uh, <laughs> uh, great reference to use. Danny Ferry got canned a few years ago as Hawks GM for a slightly inappropriate comment. I don't remember exactly what it is. Lots of reaction to G-Dub rolling through and uh, so much uh, great stuff. My funniest line, though, I want to get this. Um and by the way, we have so many comments I can't even keep track of them. So this was uh, this was pretty good. And uh, where is it? Well, somebody's giving me credit for saving their lives, saving their lives so they don't get hit by a train. Um, and uh, and I can't even find it right now. But yes, I'm saving your lives so you don't get hit by a train. Speaking of somebody not getting hit by a train, Casey Smith at K A Y C E Smith on Twitter. Go follow her, Casey. How much snow is there right now in Boston?
15: uh there's a lot it actually kind of upset me a little bit though I woke up and I expected not to be able to see outside of my patio because the way everybody acted yesterday but it's probably about I don't know like four or five inches but they said it's supposed to snow one to three inches an hour starting later on this morning so a lot like we're expected to get like two feet later on so I have no idea what I'm going to do with my life because I've never seen anything like this before
2: did you stock up on alcohol because you're from Texas you haven't seen snow like this
15: Oh, yeah. Well, everybody told me, make sure you get your bread and your milk just in case the apocalypse happened. And then whatever you decide you want to do for the rest of the day. And I don't know what else to do when I can't leave my house. I don't have to go to work and I don't live with anybody. I have a place by myself. So I was like, I'll just stock up on alcohol and watch Netflix all day. So I don't know what's (laughs) appropriate to do when to start drinking up here during a blizzard. But I mean, I'm thinking like before noon has to happen or you can't be drinking all day. If you don't start before noon. You haven't been drinking all day. So that's probably what my day is going to consist of.
2: Um, I'm, I'm curious. You saw, I'm sure, the Ezekiel Elliott. We spent a lot of time talking about the Ezekiel Elliott video of him pulling the girls top down. You're you're from Dallas. I'm sure you've been to a few St. Patrick's Day parties in your life. What did you think when you saw it?
15: Well, to be honest, when I first read the story itself before I actually saw the TMZ video, I had a little bit of a different mindset of it like when you read the initial report or at least the one that I read it didn't sound like it was as egregious uh, from Ezekiel Elliott than it actually was in the video like when I read it it was like it kind of sounded almost like they were like kind of joking around and having communication together and that he did it and that she didn't initially react to it but when you see the video she obviously did not want that to happen I mean obviously they're kind of up high, and, you know, she's pointing at herself and joking around with her girlfriend at whoever was down below, but he just reaches over completely unsolicited and does it, and she reacts like I think most girls would act. I know I would act. Do you immediately want to cover it up? And that, to me, was a big issue because, obviously, she didn't want it. Um, It's kind of one of those mindsets of, oh, she was asking for it. She was asking for attention, but in reality, that's just not the case. Um, I think it's odd that it's not being covered as much as I think it should be. Obviously, Zeke has other things that have gone on in his past that are being investigated, and you know, you're know, you innocent until proven guilty, but that's just not something that you need to be doing ever, let alone who you are, but especially somebody that was in the talks for maybe even MVP of the league, obviously rookie of the year status, and just looking at what he has had on his plate before, it's not a good look for him. It's not a good look for the Cowboys, and it should be covered more than it is, especially with it being the off season and and it being as stupid as pulling a girl's shirt down because you're drunk at a St. Patrick's Day parade.
2: So a lot of guys out there are saying, oh, well, later on she might decide, I think she did decide to flash her own boobs. You're a girl. So, and I can't believe I have to say this because I was like, you don't understand the difference between choosing to do something yourself and having somebody do it (laughs) to you. What's the difference between, from a girl's perspective, deciding to flash somebody at a Mardi Gras parade or a St. Patrick's Day parade or whatever it is, on your own volition and pulling down your own top and having somebody else pull your top down that's like night and day right
15: oh my god it's completely different and i hate that argument and it just goes back to you know what i just said about oh she was looking for that attention she wanted to do it well if she chooses to do it herself and that's not just with something like this that's any gender any race any action if you choose to do it yourself then the consequences are on you but it's your body your reaction and like I said, and when I first read it, if she would have been, like, kind of, like, joking with him and kind of acting like she was going to do it and he did it and they were really good friends and it was like, okay, that was probably a really bad decision, but it was kind of a conversation they were having, then it might be a little bit different. But she did not want him to do that from the video, obviously. I, I don't know her. I don't know him. But you can tell with her nonverbal cues. But that was something that she didn't expect to happen. So the fact that he did it, whether they had a conversation later and she was okay with it, whether she decided to do it later, at the end of the day, if she did not want that to happen and he did it, it's not okay. It doesn't matter if she ran around Dallas for the rest of the day with her shirt off. Um, Outstanding.
2: Now- As always, Casey, we've got to let you go. It's a hard out here at the final hour. I am. Oh, 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 Riley.